Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the Fire Festival. Here's what you need to know. It was anticipated to be the music festival of the century, at least for the wealthy and elite. Fire Festival represented the epitome of excess and exclusivity. Attendees were promised pristine beaches, lavish accommodations, and celebrity-level indulgence. But when guests arrived on the island Great Exuma in the Bahamas on April 27, 2017, they found themselves thrust into the Instagram versus reality of their nightmares. Billy McFarland, the co-founder of Fire Festival, was determined to be a successful entrepreneur, from his grade school crayon-fixing business to a social network called Spling to Magnesis, a millennial take on the exclusive Amex black card. 
It was during this venture that he met rapper Ja Rule, and the two began brainstorming McFarlane's next million-dollar idea. From this collaboration, the Fire App, a platform where users could personally book artists for events, was born. To promote the launch of the app, Billy McFarland and his team wanted to throw the world's most extravagant music festival. In December 2016, Firefest launched their promotional campaign, featuring Instagram's hottest models and influencers parading around on private jets, speedboats, and beaches. Ticket packages from $1,000 all the way up to $400,000 sold by the thousands as the luxury festival gained attention. The festival's location was touted to be formerly owned by Pablo Escobar. In reality, it wasn't until early 2017 that McFarland's team settled on Roker Point as the festival's location, an unbuilt housing development bordering a sandals resort. They only had two months to turn an abandoned slab of concrete into a cabana-lined white sand beach fit for the thousands of dollars attendees were spending on VIP packages. Poor planning was leading to huge expenditures. When McFarlane learned there would be a lack of safe drinking water on the island, he ordered truckloads of Evian water bottles without considering the outlandish $175,000 in customs costs. Problems mounted when only a few weeks before the festival, McFarland's company defaulted on a nearly $3 million loan and lost a potential $20 million investment. Without the capital, Fire Media stopped paying their employees and vendors. To fix the cash flow issue, Fire recommended attendees put up thousands of dollars in advance on a digital Fire Band, since the event would be cashless and cardless. Guests had no idea these digital bands would be essentially useless with the island's spotty Wi-Fi. The first day of the festival, as attendees were arriving, Blink-182 dropped out as a headliner, stating, We're not confident that we would have what we need to give you the quality of performances we always give our fans. With no musical headliner at a musical festival, fire guests arrived at the site to find rocks, covered in sand to resemble a sandy beach, tents instead of resort-style suites, plastic-wrapped mattresses, bug-infested piles of garbage, and crates of alcohol left out in the sun. Chaos ensued as visitors went into survival mode, hoarding what minimal supplies were available. By the early hours of April 28th, Fire Festival was officially canceled before a single band took the stage. Bahamanian airport workers and security personnel worked 24-hour shifts for the next two days as they struggled to corral drunk and belligerent festival goers on chartered planes to leave the island. Fun Facts, aka Death Stats. According to the New York Times, ticket buyers paid between $1,000 and $12,000 to attend Fire Festival. The festival sold a total of approximately 8,000 tickets for both weekends. According to CNBC, including Kendall Jenner's $250,000 payment for a single Instagram post, Fire Festival paid out more than $5.2 million in total to influencers and prospective celebrity performers, court records show. FBI agent John Casali, who oversaw the criminal investigation into Fire Festival, 
and McFarland calls McFarland a serial fraudster who launched a series of scams that the government says defrauded over 100 investors out of more than $26 million. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hey. And our very special guest today is one of my best friends from college, Marta Kirsten Wallover. Hi, Marta. Hi. So, Marta, we, just before we started recording, we were talking about Marta's new job as the development manager for the Economic Security Project. Now, I just want everyone to know that Marta's so smart that she <laughs> went to acting school with the rest of us dummies <laughs> and still manages to get a job. <laughs> With <laughs> that. that was just like a fun break from like real life for her. She's like, I'm going to do four years of drama school and then get back to it. And, uh, I, that, I, I, I'm as surprised as you all. I too. I, I was like, I don't, maybe I shouldn't apply for this. That sounds like not something, definitely not something that I studied when we were like rolling around on the floor vocalizing. Right. Marta, what does uh, someone with that title do on their day to day? Um, raise money for the economic security project. So it's a lot of like, um, you know, it's mostly uh, foundational giving. It's a nonprofit, um, although they have a C4 arm as well. Um, so it's like, there's like some political stuff involved, but um, it's a lot of like advocacy around two things. One is um, a guaranteed income and the other is anti-monopoly legislation. So those are their two like areas of focus. So if you um, happen to know of anybody who wants to give us six figures for one of those areas of work, definitely chat me after this. You're sure. perfect for this and episode. I, I know. <laughs> well, and I would wow. also like to say we have a, uh, a, a if an alarmy member does step up and give you a six figure contract, we get a finder's fee on that. <laughs> and it's actually quite hefty. Yeah. I, I, if you'll check some of the emails. I think we get about 50% of that. Mm -hmm. So whatever comes in, but best of luck to you and your organization. But because you, because you said that on the alarmist. Yes. Any um, referrals come back to us. I think that's more than fair. I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay, great. <laughs> now, I think, I, I think we're really reaching an audience here that we wouldn't have uh, catalyzed otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for real. Careful, careful. You might actually. We've. Mm -hmm. She's convinced. We've, she's going for oh, okay. it. Um, Marta, we'd like to start off the show by asking our guest, what is something that is recently alarming you? What is keeping you up at night? Oh, boy. I mean, in the last two years, like, have people just had, like, 75 answers to that right off the top of their head? <laughs> I, I feel like it's, like... Mostly like what? what is not doing that? Um, what what, what makes me feel happy and warm and comfortable inside? <laughs> what is the one, the first one that comes to mind? Yeah. We're not going to let you talk about what makes you happy. No. Sorry. <laughs> um, the first one that comes to mind, I mean, guys, sorry, honestly, the first one that comes to mind is like that the Build Back Better bill won't pass the Senate and we won't uh, have any kind of like that's really that every day mm -hmm. I feel a lot of anxiety about that. I just read a lot of articles going down rabbit holes, feeling more anxiety. Mm. That's it. That's Thank nice. You. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a good that's a good we, we haven't had that one before. We haven't had that answer before. We talk a lot about the infrastructure bill on, uh, on <laughs> the show. We don't actually understand <laughs> 
it that, or that, what it comprises of? That one passed. So that one's good. Oh, we're good. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. No, so we're good. pumped you're about that. There. We're yeah, definitely exactly. great. Yep, yep. <laughs> Of course, my apologies. Um, well, you know, uh, maybe we'll have you back on so that you can uh, explain to us what the uh, build, what what's in the build back better, Bill. Love to. Um, Happy to do it. Now, Marta, I'm so excited to dive into this episode. It's been one of our most requested episodes of all time. I was shocked to find out that you hadn't done it yet. I know. Well, we had been saving this very special uh, episode for you know, you're a treat. This is a treat. We're having fun today. And Same. we're talking about the Fire Festival. And there's, look, everyone, like, relax. I'm going to put Billy McFarland up on the board. Yes. Let's but before we even talk about, no, no. no? We're not, oh, I'm just, okay. I just want everyone to relax because I'm starting with something else. Okay. Oh. I'm not going to forget. Okay. I want to start off by putting up on the board a lack of respect for employees and literal humankind. And this is according to the New York Times. Expenses were swelling. Bed frames and beach chairs were rush ordered. Beach umbrellas had to be flown in rather than shipped because of late payments, according to three production staff members. Essential production tools like walkie talkies never arrived. Back at Fire Media, the company credit cards were being declined for everyday office purchases as the festival date neared. Never a good sign. As the festival date neared, the production crew's wages, paid by wire or cash, arrived late or short and then stopped altogether. Five members of the crew said, now this is according to Vulture, in April, high-end caterer Star Catering Group pulled out of its contract with Fire Festival. The reason? Festival organizers rejected the caterer's six-figure cost, according to Bloomberg, and said that they could find other caterers for the event with the budget they had. And now this is according to Tribune 242. Bahamanians Elvis and Marianne Roll were contracted to provide catering support and lodging for the festival and initially were paid on a transactional basis by credit card. However, after the card was repeatedly declined, they were promised a lump sum of wi- lump sum wire payment. Fire Festival never paid Roll and her staff for their services, and Roll paid $50,000 out of her personal life savings to her staff. She says her financial losses were in the six figures. Um, and this was uh, in the documentary uh, afterwards. They started a GoFundMe, which was created uh, following the Fire Festival documentaries, and Roll recouped 200000 half of which was donated to churches, vendors, and community members in Exuma. So, this she's not the only one that that happened to. There were electricians. There were you know people that were high when when shit hit the fan and they realized that they none of these like big contractors that they had imagined would do this job, uh, build this festival. When that all fell through, they hired locals mm-hmm. and then they made these locals pay their staff, their workers out of pocket, promising them. This money. Right. The money's coming. And it never came. And to me, that's the most upsetting part of this tragedy, um, which is that, you know, this this lack of respect and this lack of um, care for the people that are working for you. And not just that, but like people who were not rich. These are working class people. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. I feel like I feel like this is a common um, problem with entertain the entertainment industry broadly 
this idea of free or close to free labor. Right. Um, because of, you know, I mean, that's true. I, I just feel like, and I just feel like these guys led by our boy, Billy, who we haven't put up on the board yet. It's been hello five minutes now, <laughs> get him up there. But these people, I feel like there's this idea that if you're in close proximity to, I don't know, some, you know, the entertainment space, people feel like you can get away with more and not paying people. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that is literally, I'm sorry to make it about politics right away, but that is literally <laughs> the Donald Trump playbook. That's like what mm. he's famous for. He's mm-hmm. famous for like not paying his like contracted employees. I think the reason that anybody thinks they can get away with it is that there, if you have like a bully pulpit of some sort, you know, you mm. can just kind of say like, oh, well, you're, you know, like you're, you're way further down on the totem pole than me. And like, you should be lucky that I'm even taking your calls or whatever that that attitude. And there's like a lot of it's like very like, you know, pompous, like a lot of posturing, like, oh, don't worry. Like this is, you know, like kind of pandering to people like just do it like it's going to it's going to come. It's going to happen. Like trust in me kind of thing, like a like a God complex with some of yeah. these people. You know? And for the record, it also happened to some performers who were set to, you know, come to the festival. They had dancers that they had hired. They had, you know, sets that they had um you know, and and for some of these people, this was a big opportunity. So it's not like they're they're wealthy, you know, performers. They're artists. You know, I thought it was. I thought one of the craziest details about this was that the that Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule started calling like the biggest names or whatever before and being like, "Don't come," which I find to be like so crazy. Because that indicates that they knew it was going to be a shit show, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, I don't want like DJ Laser to see that it's a shit show. It's totally <laughs> fine if somebody who paid $50,000 comes and sees it's a shit show, but not DJ Laser. I don't want <laughs> right. Emily Ratajkowski to come and see it's a shit show. Like, I was like so blown away by that. Like, like right. you are in you are in a world in which you think that if like, I don't know, if you have less than like, a million followers on Instagram, like nobody will notice. Like, it doesn't like, matter. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't have to let you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like people will show up and post pictures of your fucking white bread with a slice of cheese on it. And, and the world will just be like, eh, that seems fine. It, like not, not famous. In a That's way, in- like, yeah, it's an interesting point. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say, Clayton? I, I was just going to say it's like an interesting, like, uh, psychology, you know, like this idea that like you're more embarrassed about your peers feeling that you're associated with something that's like lackluster or not up to par, but you don't really care about the people who you don't know who are going to be equally affected by it. It's like, as long as I come out, right, right. (laughs) As long as I come out looking okay in this, it's like, it's fine. But like voices, voices like versus telling your fans, Hey guys, this is bad. Like 360 in every direction, bad, like run. I mean, so of all the we... people, of all the people, I feel like it's like people who paid you, like, don't you know anything about social media? Those are the exact people. If they paid you $50, they're going to go and like, like at you and flame you and like, you know, say horrible, like, like death threats to you. Well, right. I, I feel like we can call it, Chris, and I think this is what you were going to ask. But what, how, yeah. how do we classify that? Yeah. Like, I think, what do you want to label that? I think we can call it social media classism. And we can, you know, have it be based on followers, you know? I mean, 
Yeah, there's also to me it has also to do with business ethics, just very basic business ethics where mm. you have no respect for the consumer, uh, like zero. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just like business ethics. I love that. I, is no that respect right? for I the mean, consumer. Yeah, it's like the worst business bureau, the WBB. <laughs> it's who. It's the that is who governs like the absolute worst business practices. Of we'll all call time. it WBB. <laughs> Amongst which these are. This is one. No respect. <laughs> okay, it's time we put Billy McFarland up on the board. Uh, we'll call him serial fraudster Billy McFarland. My God, and this he is, is. He's crazy. Um, this is according to CNBC. In his own mind, he was too big to fail, said FBI agent Casali. McFarland, who admitted to falsifying documents, including back bank statements that he showed to investors in order to secure their funds, pleaded guilty in 2018 to three counts of wire fraud, one count of bank fraud, and a charge of making false statements. This is according to the New York Times. Interviews with more than two dozen people associated with Mr. McFarland or the festival, many of whom requested anonymity because of pending legal issues, turned up few who were surprised by the ruins in the Bahamas and beyond. Mr. McFarland had little regard for traditional business practices. According to four fire media employees who requested uh, anonymity again, there was no paperwork upon their hiring. And the payroll system was ad hoc at best. Employees were typically paid via wire transfer and sometimes in cash were seeing no pay stubs. Hmm. Warnings to Mr. McFarland and his team came from seemingly every corner. Two days before guests arrive, two days, Mr. McFarland asked Mr. Nicholson, the carpenter, who was working 18-hour days, how it was going. <laughs> I said... I don't think it's going to be ready, Mr. Nicholson recalled. <laughs> Senior staff members pleaded with Mr. McFarland to cancel or postpone. Several of, uh, of those present said, but having just taken out yet another loan for 200000 according to a lawsuit, he responded that money can solve everything, one employee recalled. On the morning of Thursday, April 27, facing piles of soggy bedding, unfinished tents, and understocked bars, festival staff members again begged Mr. McFarland and his team to cancel. Again, he didn't budge, even with the convenient excuse of bad weather. I mean, it is truly <laughs> the crazy. It's like narcissism at like a magnitude that like I can't. Yes. Fathom. We should put I'm, narcissism I'm, on the board. I, yeah. I mean, throw it up there, but like there, there is a psychology at play there. I don't know if this is sort of worth going into or kind of exploring, but the kind of level of delusion, I think, Marta, you were talking about and narcissism or complete lack of integrity uh, on this guy's behalf. And you just wonder what the fuck <laughs> is the kind of person would do this. Do, do you do think you not he feel thinks like he's going to pull it off? Like when you watch the, like to me, it's like, is it just like an amazing act where he's just like really like that, putting that, something on or just, it. or do you think he's like, no, I really do think it will come together at the last minute. Like he's I, that delusional or is there is a middle ground somewhere? He says money can solve everything. And I think he really believes that. I mean, I, think I he would like, agree. I think he just thinks like, and, and I feel like his ex life experience is like I have an unending ability to borrow money somehow despite paying none of my creditors. People continue to loan me money. People continue to – I mean people continue to do give this man money now. He was just paid to be on a podcast. And I was like, 
who literally if like if his name is attached to anything you should run so far in the opposite direction like anyone 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 it's like mind-boggling to me that people are like no i think he still has something to offer the world no like we love a train wreck it's like we can't look away we're just oh, like we can't stop it. giving a train wreck money yes <laughs> I seriously like it's right it's not like not looking away it's like seeing a train wreck and being like i'll buy a ticket like seems good. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's interesting that marta the first thing she brought up was the trump effect because i do think there are such parallels here between the trump trump and this guy right where it's exactly that there there seems to be no limit to the amount of uh shameful behavior yeah. that it's it's almost like no you know, or what is it like no bad pre- all press is good press or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that absolutely. Right? where it's like these people continue to double down on abhorrent behavior and activity yeah. i got to say you know trump had just taken office yeah. And everyone opts in. Every, yeah. People opt in. Yeah. So he's riding that like wave of, I don't know what you call it, irrationalism. Well, I mean, that is why I do think it is. I mean, I think narcissism, like in a clinical sense, like in like a diagnosable right. sense, right. like I don't just mean like somebody who's like talks about themselves nonstop, I, like literally like a mental illness. And I don't want to, I hesitate to use that phrase because I feel like it like is a little bit of a cop out like, oh, he's mentally ill. Like, and like, I, you know, no, (laughs) like, I don't feel like this is like, oh, the poor man's mentally ill. Like, what could we expect from him? But like, I, but it is actually, I mean, and it's like super narcissism is one of the hardest mental like disorders to treat, right? Because it's like, you can't even get somebody to acknowledge that anything is the matter. Like, and, and like, and this is, this is a perfect example of that, right? He was like, so convinced i mean that is like it goes beyond magical thinking yeah and and it's when just to you know uh when when he gets caught he's like awaiting trial and then he starts a new business while he's getting caught and he starts getting investors he's Mm -hmm. like already onto a new scam like (laughs) and he's waiting to be processed you know uh, go to court for this do we broaden out that idea to to uh like what kind of society or culture do we live in that doesn't provide some kind of um, repercussion for this behavior? I mean, do we want to talk about that? Well, yeah, let's, let's put a few things more up on the board because I think this will help us maybe think about that, but let's circle back to it, Chris. Um, I'm, I'm wondering like why there aren't more fire festivals or are there more fire festivals? There probably are. There are. I just it, don't think they're at that scale generally. Right. And, and right. I think like people are sort of, you know, or, you know, they're, they'll, they come and go, they come and like flame out a little bit. But I mean, I feel like also I just want to offer up like capitalism. as like a oh, problem. God, of course. Clayton's of course. favorite. Ooh, it's my favorite yeah. thing. We love it was that a specific one. thing. He was, you know, like he's tapping into a social media world, but like, you know, there's freaking pyramid scheme and stuff like that, that people are selling all the time that, that that's, they'll get yeah. the same press. Yeah, yeah. And he was, I mean, he, he, this is the, my point about capitalism, which is a very specific one, which is that it's like the whole notion of capitalism is like, oh, the guardrails are in place because like people don't want X, Y, and Z if you don't have something good. And it's like, that's bullshit. That's been proven to be bullshit. People yeah. <laughs> do want X, Y, and Z. That's total crap. And, and like, and there aren't, and like, we're just like, yeah, all right. Well, uh, you know, like, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead, Billy. 
The guardrails are like made of paper. Yeah, like, like, they, just they just of made of quietly blow it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, guard, the well, guardrails are not ready. They won't be ready in time. <laughs> the poor guy let's, trying to build them. Let's put Jerry Media up on the board now. Uh, oh, these guys. Yeah, oh, they're these fucking guys. <laughs> okay, this is according to Esquire. Hulu's fire frauds uh, focus is much more focused on the preparation of the fire festival, which is damning for Jerry Media of at fuck Jerry fame, who was hired on for marketing expertise. Ex Jerry Media employee Oren Axe is interviewed in Fire Fraud and alleges that the company knew a great deal about the event falling apart and even tried to cover it up. Anytime there'd be anything that was distasteful or calling fire out on anything, it was always a matter of go to that source and eliminate it, Axe says in the documentary. And a little bit about uh, Jerry Media. Uh, Jerry Media is a a marketing agency started by Elliot Tabelli. And this is according to Vanity Fair, a once random nobody who was cre- who has created a social media empire by siphoning other people's jokes into the Instagram account at fuck Jerry. So yes. it's this guy. He's got like, I don't know, something like 17 million followers. And he essentially just like po- posts memes mm-hmm. um, and. Yes. And like other joke, like jokes yeah, he gets now, from fu- other people. Fuck Jerry is actually. We should dedicate an episode to fuck Jerry because they're abhorrent. Like I, I, I hate these people. They steal yeah. other. They steal comedians' jokes and like, like reframe it in some small way and pull it off as their own. It's basically right. Like horror. The word that it, keeps coming to mind is audacity to me. Like oh, this whole thing, oh, sure. <laughs> just like everybody has a lot of audacity. Oh, oh, I'm <laughs> stealing a, jokes, s- doing festivals that, that are remember falling that apart. Because I, I, I want to put that up on the board. Uh, that's a better uh, term for what I was going to put up. Um, but before that, let's put Jaw Rule. Let's just get through these because yeah. we got to put them up. Jaw Rule. This is according to Forbes. In November 2016, Ja Rule introduced Billy McFarland as his partner in crime to an eager audience at the Web Summit. In the months that followed, Ja Rule's offhand reference as a partner in crime gained a significance uh, uh, the hip-hop mogul never anticipated. Ja Rule had served as Fire Festival's public face, parting in opulent, influencer-studded promotional videos that quickly went viral. Especially after McFarlane was sent to prison for wire fraud, people started questioning whether his partner in crime deserved some of the blame, too. It should be noted that Emily Boehm, a former employee for Magnesis, who has fe- who was featured in the Hulu documentary Fire Fraud, said that Ja Rule had nothing to do with the business side of the company. So, okay, so some people are like, he didn't know what he was doing. But hello, Ja Rule. I don't know if someone's using my face right. for and, 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 and my my pull, my celebrity pull for this like big epic festival and like i go to the bahamas and i'm i i would at least be like hey man can you send me some pics of like how the (laughs) this festival setup is going like (laughs) can i tour the like property first before i invest in this i don't know that's just the first thing you know i i thought about it for one second yeah i mean like reading about this i am struck by like how i feel like so deeply glad that i don't know any of the people involved in this like <laughs> like, like i don't have fan. that none of them are in my life in any way that i haven't had to interact <laughs> with them like i'm just like what a like non-stop nightmare all these people sound like it just oh, is like yeah. truly horrifying i mean ja rule like i feel like it's like 
you know, I don't know. I, I, I certainly am not trying to let him off the hook. I guess I do feel a little like I was a musician or recording artist. You, especially a successful one, like you get to a point where you're just like, I don't know how to do things like, you know how to do things, right? right. Like, cool. Like I'll, you know, whatever. I'll like come into the recording studio, but like, don't ask me to like mix my own like beats. Right. But, but all of that being said, I just think there's like plenty of other bad actors here. Ja Rule is like, you know, down on the well, like, fifth or sixth. But let's talk about these bad actors, which some of them are Instagram influencers. Yes. Um, this is like ultimate, I don't know, karma is the right word, but like some of these, you know, the stuff that they put out that is so not real. It's like how funny that they finally went to their not real concert and got like a little taste of their own. Yeah. I yeah. think that the, that was part of the problem or that was, I think that's part of the actually reason why somebody like Ja Rule didn't really face any like l- lasting repercussions was that like there was such a large amount of schadenfreude when this happened that like so many people were like, oh, wow, like you decided to spend 12 grand to like make all your friends jealous functionally and for no other reason. And you have the ability to do that. Like, wow, I feel so bad that you wound up eating like middle <laughs> school lunch on the beach yeah, like, <laughs> and drinking warm rum. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like your rum was warm. <laughs> Well, but these Instagram influencers and and we should talk about how they got involved. So this is according to Wired. uh, Fire Festival is an event promoted by multiple celebrities, influencers and social media titans, most notably Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid and Emily Ratajkowski, without any proof of concept. These celebrities are not the victims. They are the perpetrators of irresponsible marketing that fails to consider the consumer, which we were talking about earlier. In the case of Fire Festival, only Emily Redikowski, I'm, I'm saying it right, uh, included hashtag ad in her post to indicate that it was a sponsored event. Should these influencers who profit from these customers Uh, trust have a responsibility to vet the products or services that they're promoting in order to keep the trust and should their behavior go unchecked i mean back to capitalism they're just trying to make a buck they don't care they're just oh they're getting paid to do this just like they're getting paid to have as many followers as possible i know and i think also there's something about um the like the the plausible deniability basically of like what like I'm like I always like just hang out on yachts anyway like so mm. like what difference does it make like I posted a picture of myself on this yacht talking about how great this thing was going to be like what's the difference um yeah it's it's also such a new kind of space and world that you know I think this was probably a big lesson for a lot of uh, or like a turning point moment for social media influencers where it's like they're gonna have to vet a little bit more what they put on their on their feeds. Now yeah. this is the stuff the influencers were po- influencers were posting. This is different from like, or correct me if I'm wrong, but it, was that different from like the promotional stuff that they shot like before? Like that yes, because that was stuff that they were showing to influencers to get their attention. Or there, investors. Was, there was a promotional video that was made to get for investors. Right, right. And I think that it was used to also get uh, raised ticket sales. Right. But uh, what these in the the whole like campaign that these influencers did was that they did like this orange square they just mm, posted an orange yes. square and then they uh there was a link that went to the promotional video right so that's what it was 
Um, did you read did that pitch deck for like the investment? I mean, that yeah. is like one of those, like, can we like, maybe, I don't know, like venture capitalism, private equity, like the amount of like ridiculous money that there is where it's just word salad. It's just pictures it and word salad in that, in that pitch deck. It says nothing. <laughs> it's literally like, oh my God, the best one by far is the, like with the arrows where it's like ideate, organize, execute. Oh, yes. And you're like, <laughs> Wow. Like it's wow. taking you somewhere. Yeah, like it's exactly. Take you and you're like, oh, a- did you go to Harvard Business School to learn about that? Like to learn how to ideate and execute? Like you seem like a great person to shepherd my money. Like for sure. I tr- oh. I trust that you have a complex understanding of investment vehicles and like all kinds of shit. I mean, that was the funniest. Like it's like the, the glossy stuff is not funny, right? That feels like, okay, fine. Standard marketing. It was like when they tried to get like smart and mm-hmm. use like a yeah. roomy... And use roomy quotes, and then the and the and the flow the flow chart was like well, next level. I think that's a perfect transition for the next thing I want to put up on the board, which I was going to call a little ambitious, uh, but really, you think you know? But mm-hmm. I think audacity, like unfiltered audacity, is is more like it mm. um, because, like you know, this is a guy who like went to college and like dropped out after nine months or something because he had a, he had come up with like this like social media platform. I, 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 whatever. I, I don't even care what it was. It was some kind of like app or social media platform that he had invented and was like, this is going to be rich. And of course, like it totally tanked. And like he had multiple, businesses that totally tanked and never made money but he just knew how to get people to give him money yeah i i feel like it's it's like i'm trying to just how do i express it's like almost like a a moth to a flame it's like we maybe as humans were so there's like a deep self-consciousness in us naturally and especially social media kind of like exploits that that when you see someone who is so like unabashedly quote confident and pushing their ideas and that just seem to have like no reservations. It's like, wow, like that's what a, what a maverick. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, We're, it's like, um, Theranos, like Elizabeth Holmes. Yes, exactly. It's like exactly like that. Like all you need to, if you believe your own bullshit, you are unbelievably powerful. Like, uh, like your ability to convince other people. I mean, that guy, I also lack of feel shame. like it's like a yeah, lack of totally shame. Yeah. And, and I think like, I also feel like it's like, there's like all these, I feel like he was like, Oh, all of these like markers of success, right. Where he was like, Oh, I see like Steve jobs dropped out of college. Like probably dropping out of college is like a good way to be super successful. Like, like Mm -hmm. failing several times at a company and then like doing something, picking up right where you left off, like great choice to be successful. And you're like, no, I mean like you are missing the the fund the fundamentals the yeah. yeah you've, like you've the you're thing. like you need a right. thing you're like a home builder who's like well I picked out some bomb ass windows and so like and you're like laying the concrete the you know the like the the wood the foundation the structure like not so important these windows will blow your mind like it's like that like where you're like I'll build in the best house. Well, uh, here's this. I want to say this great. It's a great Billy McFarlane quote that was on Rolling Stone. Uh, And he says, the Exumas didn't have really a great infrastructure. He's talking about the island that he's building this international (laughs) festival on. Okay. Uh, There wasn't a great way to get guests in here. We were a little bit ambitious. There wasn't water or sewage. (laughs) 
It was almost like we tried building a city out of nothing and it took almost all of our personal resources to make this happen and everything we had to make this festival go on. We were a little naive in thinking for the first time we could do this ourselves. Next year, next year. We will definitely start earlier. The reality oh is we weren't experienced enough to keep it uh, to keep up. There's a developer what? down the street from me building a house that it's <laughs> the, the house has been being built for two years. It's one house. <laughs> yeah. Two like years that. it's taken them. That guy probably has so, such good windows. Really, really good windows. <laughs> and foundation. trying to build something else. Yeah. Keeps trying to build something else. And he's like, Ugh. I don't know why that didn't work. I used styrofoam. Is that not a good material? I don't know. They had and, no water. They had God. no sewage. Uh, and I, I, I heard this podcast where they were saying that he found out there wasn't any water, so he just like ordered like Evian. Uh, a bun- Evian waters, right? Not thinking about the two hundred and fifty thousand uh, 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 dollar, what do you Cost call it? Import, Co- import, import tax or yes. whatever. <laughs> you know, it's it's really hard for people to admit they were wrong, <laughs> and. You know, people would rather, I mean, think about just that sentence, that, all that quote you just said. The lack of humility and understanding of the scope of his failure in, in the words that he chose tells you everything you need to know about that guy. Yeah. 100%. Which is that. It's Exuma's he, fault. He, he is <laughs> yes. just. We were naive. Well, and, and they really Oopsie did. Daisy. They we'll get it. We'll get it right next year. We'll start a few weeks earlier. Yeah. No, but I just want to, just to finish this thought, like. You, you you think about COVID too, and you think about um, the vaccinations and people who took a stance and said, I'm going to wait and see about the vaccinations. You know, some people then uh, as data came in and they became, it became increasingly obvious that these are very good. They will prevent severe illness and their risks are extremely low and getting lower as the, as the data comes in. Were un- some people were unwilling to to admit they were wrong and and just say yeah you're right I'm now uh, I'm with you you convince me so some people can look at look at the reality and just tell themselves whatever they want and just dig their heels in so I think you know I don't know that that's that's a problem too in, inability to admit <laughs> no one to fold them no one to fucking fold them we we have lost that deeply um, do you want to throw no one to fold them on the board. No, knowing when to fold them, Chris. I mean, yeah, I don't know what I was. I what was I saying with that? It was more just like, I mean, I think that's lack of humility or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, one of the what I was going to say, which was really despicable to me, is that after it all went down, they put out a a, a public statement uh, after the festival, and they just blamed uh, the bah- the Bahamas. Essentially, they're just like they didn't have the uh, proper infrastructure. So oh these people who had worked. 18 hour shifts yeah. for free and got sca- and lost money and also oh, yeah. you knew that they didn't so don't then say <laughs> like oh like it's like literally being like well we elected this guinea pig to be president oh guinea pigs aren't qualified to be president like didn't you i mean like you made that choice knowing that guinea pigs are qualified to run on a wheel and that's it like you know what you've got you know and what you've got and to add to that, they weren't courting the fire festival. Yeah, exactly. The fire festival showed up and said, "We're doing this here right. get to work," and they were like, "Okay." Like they weren't like, "Come, we can do it for you. This is the best no. place." <laughs> That's a Host good point. Host your thing here. 
That's no. a really good point. So I, I know we have to start knocking things off the list, um, but I did want to put up one of our listener suggestions, which, which came from at most ardently. And they said social media needed to go up on the board. And I don't think we've, oh, sure. we've put it up, um, no. but we, we definitely should. And that's, one of those obvious ones that we sometimes forget here at the alarmist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just like some murderers who, uh, oh, yeah. Do well, the crime. Marta, one, yeah. one time we did a, uh, the Charles Manson murders and we forgot to put the actual people who committed the murders up on the, <laughs> yeah. Board. We talk about this probably every episode. Yeah. Uh, our, our alarmy loves yeah. to hear about it, though. It's sort of like our catchphrase. <laughs> um, now, a, a, a last thing I want to put up is fake it till you make it mentality, which is very, um, you know, some of these people just, I guess it goes with the audacity. That's another yeah, way of saying sort of, Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there, you said here, you say here, American entrepreneurism. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to that manifest destiny. It's like, oh, the land is there. It's our, therefore it's ours. I mean, he had the, the- island's there. Therefore we can do a, a music festival on it. And like Peach. really posh luxury, like overindulgent, kind of disgusting one too. You know what's so crazy about all of this is that honestly, probably somebody competent could have done something really cool with that amount of money and that space that would have benefited everyone. The Bahamas would have won. The people who attended would have won. Like the artists would have won. And it would have been amazing. Yeah. Somebody who wasn't spent, who wasn't prioritizing like one Instagram post from Kendall Jenner and a fuckload of Evian. Like somebody, (laughs) somebody, somebody like mildly competent could have taken the thousands upon thousands, potentially like whatever money that was raised just from ticket sales alone, let alone investors, right? Let alone investments. Right. And some of these ticket packages included like uh, the, the four were like $400,000 and people were willing to pay for it. And they included uh, artists, an artist palace, um, VIP tickets, uh, (laughs) A dinner with one <laughs> festival performer. <laughs> ja Rule. Um, it's Ja Rule every night. Ja Rule mm-hmm. just goes to dinner with different people every night. He's having it's, like seven dinners a night. Seven, so many dinners. Your dinner it's is like, from 5.45 to 6.15, sir. <laughs> it's so true. It's like they did the lookbook and then they thought that was it. That was all they needed to do. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. like, oh, we'll just do the lookbook. They were like, we'll just manifest it. We'll just manifest it. It'll happen. And we do have to mention this, that weeks before the festival, as if it was like egregious enough weeks before the festival fire informed ticket holders that the event would be cashless and cardless and this was when when he realized that he didn't he didn't have enough money and his investors were pulling out um and uh the the festival encouraged attendees to put uh up to one thousand five hundred dollars in advance on a digital fire band to cover incidentals, according to one lawsuit. Those wristbands were merely a stopgap solution to help the company's cash flow, according to two employees with knowledge of the accounts. Oh God! So these people showed up without cash to yes. <laughs> on an now- island where the only transportation they could then access were people who, of course, accepted only cash. Because they were just, they're like dudes driving a around a Caribbean island right. with no infrastructure. There's no Wi-Fi there to even use that wristband <laughs> to deduct from your account. Well, I mean. That's some Bernie Madoff crowd. level. That's that's yeah. some Bernie Madoff level pyramid scheme. So, so insane. we have to, you know, start crossing things off the list. We're running out of time. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll get to it. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Okay, so who's to blame for the fire festival? Is it a lack of respect for employees and humankind? Social media classism? WBB, worst business bureau? <laughs> Serial fraudster Billy McFarland? Narcissism? Capitalism? Jerry Media? Jaw Rule? The Influencers? Unfiltered audacity, social media, fake it till you make it mentality, and that's it. Rebecca, did you want to add something else there? I thought that was under the fake it until you make it mentality. Oh, uh, American entrepreneur. Like, uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. 
Yeah, which is sort of was that just gets right into unfiltered audacity? Is Pretty much. Yeah, let's 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 take that right. off and and filter it into uh, filter it uh, into unfiltered audacity. Um, and we have to, guys, help me out here because all of these are great, and we have to come. You know, we we have to blame someone or something. So I know, I know where we're going. Uh, we got to take see John him as the, off. Is that what you're saying? Uber Are we taking him off of first this. or no? Oh, Everyone. I wasn't thinking that, but. I feel like I'd love to slap an influencer. What about the influencer? Do you know what I, I mean? Like... <laughs> 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 okay, Clayton, that's that's now that's a personal vendetta. I think that's it. There, there's got to be an OnlyFans account out there that allows <laughs> slapping. You can probably find that on the internet. Okay. I I think that unfiltered audacity can you know fold into narcissism. And yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that for now. Um, the worst. I do feel like this is a big no problem. Like it's definitely something I, I that like, you know, lack of respect I feel like for humankind needs to be addressed. For their and I feel employees. like there are people like Elizabeth Warren yes. doing her best to like, you know, look after the consumer. <laughs> but it's it is it's it is like a it is it's like a two. Well, I mean, no, I was just gonna say like it feels like the answer is Billy McFarland, except that like it does feel like it's like Billy McFarland. Mm-hmm. They could not that have allowed thrived, him to do it. Could not have done this except for some of these other things. Yeah, like on 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 the board. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think let's take social media classism for now off the board, and because we still have social media, which I I guess you know social. What what came first, the chicken or the egg? Influencers, social media. Yeah, I mean, social media came first. Jerry the- media. Jerry media. Oh, Jerry Media, I think is, I think it's like kind of like, I mean, again, he's like Billy McFarland, like, like loathsome, but I don't know, like a product. They were just brought on to the project too. They didn't, you know, they didn't start it. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's like, yeah, that's true. We can take them off the list. They're Um, actors in a bad system, but you got to look at what's, what created the system or what the system is thriving on and. Yeah, I think a disconnect between, you know, the company or uh, business and its consumers or the yeah. the, the people it, it, it is, whatever the product, they're making the product for. I also, I, I feel like lack of respect for employees and humankind um, can be folded into uh, – <laughs> Billy McFarland and and we mm. can keep the the lack of respect for the consumer. I mean, it's like bad business ethics, you know? It's true, and it's also like the Fire Festival in particular we're talking about here. So, it's got to be It's more about the consumer, right? Because of the well, I go back and forth because he's also like raising all this capital from these companies and he's telling them like he that his fire media company is worth ninety million dollars, and like Comcast was going to give them a twenty thousand investment I, for ten percent of the, of the company of of the supposed company that was worth ninety million dollars. I I almost yeah. feel like classism is like not just social media classism, but like classism across the board. It's like 
basically like the whole concept was like, if you're rich, you can do what you want and get away with it. And there will be no and nothing will come to you. And if you're still pretty rich, but not as rich, you'll wind up on an island, like eating a cheese sandwich. And if you're the least rich of all, and you happen to live on that island, you will just be utterly fucked and lose your life savings. Like, it feels like there's like something very tiered about that. And even mm. even about even now, even now, the dude goes to jail, theoretically, mm-hmm. a punishment, getting paid in jail to talk about like what a rich prick he is. Well, he's he's going to be out in I think he's eligible to for uh, parole or, or he's able to be released in August of 2023. So he only got six years. He's going to be out soon. And he's going to be in his early 30s. And making lots of money again, I'm sure. I do like the the classism. I just like the word classism for this because I do, I just feel like you have to acknowledge the crowd that he was going after too, right? It's like you're going after this like Coachella, <laughs> like trendy, in the know, like likes to be associated with like money and, and indulgence and excellence, like in every, like it's like a combination of like classism and capitalism and narcissism, like all on display on your Instagram feed. Like he was going for that. Yeah. And the notion, the notion that like, I mean, he literally said money fixes everything. Mm -hmm. That is classism at its most, like, it does not matter what else I do. Like I could, like, I I mean, like I could murder someone and I just need to have the money to hire a good enough lawyer and it's fine. Like it does not like, yeah. Here's what I think. We we still have Billy McFarland up on the board. We have no respect for the consumer narcissism which actually i think we can fold narcissism into billy mcfarland (laughs) (sighs) capitalism the influencers and social media i i think we can take the influencers off i mean i think there's a case to be made for them uh would this have gained so much traction if the the influencers or if social media wasn't a thing but at the end of the day he gave them like for like he spent mm-hmm. like four hundred thousand mm-hmm, dollars on getting mm-hmm. these influencers to post. So really, it's more about the money than it is about the influencers, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think to a certain extent, like I mean, like social media is a more pervasive and contemporary, or a very pervasive contemporary like aspect of life, right? But it's not. It's not truly new. There have been forms of social media. It was just like, you know, in the like 19th century, it was like some dude deliver, you know, distributing pamphlets on the sidewalk. But like if enough people walked by and grabbed a pamphlet and started telling their neighbors about it, like that was, Mm -hmm. you know, social media in the Victorian age. Like people have always been trying to peddle influence. And Mm -hmm. this is just like they have like a, you know, a supercharged platform to do it. Right. So what about this? What if we, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Well, what, what I think is missing, and what we, but what keeps coming up is this idea of classism. Yes. We, we erase social media classism, but if possible, can we replace it just with classism? Yes. Um, I was going to say that we slap classism. I'm sorry. We send classism. <laughs> Ugh, it's hard. Do you really let Billy McFarland out? out, out? No, I can't let him get out of jail. Like he's getting out of jail, jail all Maybe over the place. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just to put a. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our jail is tight, but. I just think that 
classism like Marta was saying, it's always, well, peddling influence, that's different, I guess. But classism, just like peddling influence, it has always existed, right? I mean, I mean, since, uh, for a long time. Uh, and, there's a specific kind of classism happening now. It just keeps popping up in this in this story where you have um, basically a fundamental lack of respect for uh, for the people they're selling their product to, for this people who live on this island, for the mm-hmm. island itself, mm-hmm. for um, well, that's the true. musicians. That makes sense. You know, it, it, and 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 then he goes and creates this festival. And it's all based on class distinctions, right? Which bracelet are you wearing? Where where are you where are you staying? Where are you sleeping? How much money are you spending on where you're staying? Who you get, you know, like access to different points. And it's almost like he really attempted to kind of harness that desire in people mm-hmm. that 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 feel like they need for a class distinction. Okay, so I I, I take your point, and I think that. <sighs> You know, we send classism to the alarmist jail and we we get the biggest hand we can find and we slap Billy McFarland. And we we need He'll probably sell tickets to the slap. He'll probably be like, guys, come and watch me get slapped and you Ew. can you can pay for seats for a thousand dollars for front row seats. Ew. And- here's what I here's what I'm gonna say though. The reason I, I, I feel like we should do it this way and let Billy just get the slap is because we do need to be aware about this cycle because it's only going to keep happening if we're not aware of this class. It's like class fraud. No, it's like class. uh, It's like taking like aspirational Mm -hmm. Like that, to, it's like taking that to like a like its most negative conclusion. Like yes. it's yeah. its most like disgusting extreme. And honestly, right. like if Billy McFarland was to go to jail for a hundred years, there'd be somebody else. Like he's not That's special. Why. Exactly. Like he's not he's not like some special genius. He's not Steve Jobs. Like he wants to be. He wishes he was, or who you know, whatever. He's not. He's but he's not. He's just some guy with a with like a lot of unfiltered audacity yeah like and a lot of narcissism and a lot of a lot of these other like things on the list and classism is just allowing him to do this so um i'm gonna call it billy mcfarland watch out you got a big slap coming your way classism you're going to the alarmist jail Marta, thank you so much for helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for the fire festival Thanks for having me. This is super fun. I can't think of a better guest for this terrible tragedy. <laughs> um, I'll take it. Marta, uh, your tickets for uh, Coachella, you asked me to get you. I, I was able to score some a really cool uh, yurt uh, right on the outskirts, and, and we will uh, we'll see you there. In the yes, summer. sounds great. Can't wait. I'll have my wristband ready, my top level, my number one wristband, top, top, top luxury wristband. <laughs> Top luxury wristband. After the Fire Festival, in October 2018, Billy McFarland was sentenced to six years in prison, a term he is currently serving for charges involving the Fire Festival, NYC VIP access, and defrauding festival goers and investors. 
Four years after the event, Fire Festival reached a settlement with 277 aggrieved ticket holders, awarding each of them payouts of $7,220. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Additional writing by Anastasia Kousakis. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the death of Owen Hart. Powered by ACAST.